Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 138 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Atniff. In the studio with me, my co-workers, Andrew Rosenthal and James Cook. We are back in action with the Get Around in full force. We got all of our segments. We got everything rocking. We have sports in action. So we know football would, would have been starting this week, which would have been sad. But we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about what's been happening, what's been going on. We have a loaded show for everybody today. We get our first episode back when we actually have live stats, scores, games to talk about. We have soccer and volleyball that kicked off over the weekend and already had plenty of competition from just about every school that was able to in our region. So we're going to talk about all that in the Pulse. We have a great interview with Macy Brown from Cadillac, our reigning player of the year. She is going into her senior season with the Vikings. Can't wait to talk to her, so make sure that you stick around for that. Coming back for the first time since episode 100 when we had her on with, who we just named as our female athlete, overall athlete of the year, McKenna Bryant. Those two joined us on episode 100 way back when, what was that? That was last fall, wasn't it? Yeah, for episode 100. Yeah. It's been a good year for Cadillac, man, because they got three players of the year. McKenna Bryant overall, Macy Brown, and Molly Anderson. Yeah. For basketball. Yeah, so Cadillac has had, uh, especially for girl sports at the very least. Well, to Baker. To Baker was in the conversation for boys, too. Before we get in, I just want to finish this up. We got Chatter That Matters. We're going to talk about some new developments that have kind of uh, happened since football got taken away. But there's athletes that have been moving around and making the best of what they can do, trying different sports, going different places. We're going to talk about that and share our thoughts on if we think that's going to kind of change the sports landscape up here. Then we're going to get into another rendition of the Hall of Fame, which we put new people, not even retroactive. No, like an actual Hall of Fame. Actual Hall Hall of Fame. Fame. New people into the Hall of Fame. And then we are going to get into the trifecta, which we continue to announce our fantasy football frenzy and talk about some of our least favorite fantasy football moments because that is staring down the doorstep as well. So before I even let these gentlemen talk, I'll let you guys know. We're sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Fellas, you two are itching at the brim to say something. I know I can see it in your eyes. What is it? So I know you were going to try and open up this podcast to talk about your near hole-in-one. You didn't, but... Good restraint, we, Jake. Good restraint. Good restraint, because you usually do. That wasn't even the best. I, I honestly wouldn't have brought that up. It wasn't even the best part of that round, so... It was a good shot, I'll admit it. But Mr. James Cook found on the Elmbrook Golf Course a $20 coupon to Meyer. It was just like one of those things that gets printed out of the cash register. You just said, you've earned like $20 on your next order. So we're like, all right, it's not expired. He's going to go to the grocery store to try it out. You see if this works. Buy some steaks. I'm like, yeah, it's a, I, I threw it in the conversation. One, yeah, see if he can get some ribs too. They're kind of cheap these days, I think, right? And he goes, uh, goes, sure enough, goes to the store, picks out a couple steaks and a rib. They were $3. And, cor- and corn. $3. Yeah. I got like six steaks, a whole rack of ribs. And some ears of corn, and paid three dollars. And nice. I, I was, I was just so, expecting him to come back. So with, Andrew Clay and I had a nice, a nice little grill out. Yeah, beverages. Nice. I, I, I was saying, I was, I was expecting you to come back with like one of those pre pre cooked ribs that come with their own tray or something like that. No, this was like a came straight from a slaughterhouse. That's <laughs> this, how you buy ribs. It was like, it was a whole it was, slab. It was yeah, it six, was six six eighteen at Meyer. Three times the size of my yeah. head. Six eighteen of my I'd be buying those all the time. Cook them. Oh, the only thing is, there's so much there. You have to have somebody else there to eat it with. Yeah. 
Or you just get le- or you get leftovers. So, for a couple but days. you can't do leftover ribs like for an extended period of time. Well, no, that's the no. thing. Like they're, 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 they days. don't have a good shelf life. But anyways, man, that's that's pretty lucky. Man, free dinner. And it was just like it was just like sitting there on the tea box at like I don't know fifteen or something. I want to see if I still have it in my wallet because you guys are gonna really laugh at me. <laughs> One of these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's at yeah, twenty. Pretty much, pretty much. But it was twenty bucks. <laughs> this is my reward. Save a dollar fifty on your favorite three boxes of General Meal cereals. I will most likely do that. This was just twenty bucks. Yeah, my, I, plain, I just plain twenty bucks. I, I was I had, like, I, I don't know the, what these people bought, but it depends. Like, thank I've, you, whoever it was. I, I have had the five dollar off ones a million times, and I always forget to take them to the store with me because it's like, oh, you have to buy like ten dollars in deli meats, and they give you five dollars off your next shopping trip. You're like, oh, okay. It sounds like you got you guys got quite lucky. I swear those ribs were so big, like we didn't. I didn't even know how to eat them. Like he just. I thought me, you're. I thought you're like. I thought you like lived near and went to like Kansas City. Well, I and don't. You have never seen ribs that big. Never rack of ribs that big. Like I'd usually just get them from a restaurant or. So that's what that's the rack that's the rack they come off of. They yeah. just cut them in three pieces. Yeah. This was like a five and a half pound rack of ribs. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> they were on sale for like a buck ninety nine. A like, It was a little over ten bucks. Oh no way! I've, I've never seen them for less than like four dollars. We're, we're, we're too deep into this already. Right, we have a lot done, to talk about. No, we actually have stuff to talk about today. So I don't want to just, we don't have to fill the episode with us just talking about nothing. So We have plenty of food for this restaurant, yeah, for right. this whole episode. We got plenty of food to feed your, feed your sports. Plenty to chew on. Your, your sports life. appetite. Yeah, your sports appetite, which I'm sure is at an all-time high, just like us. So let's go ahead, put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, and get into the pulse. Gentlemen, since we have a volleyball guest, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're going to get started off with soccer that was kind of the big news this week. Lots of soccer games and lots of competition. We had Colin Blackport from Traverse City West on with us on episode 137 last week to kind of talk about the start to that season. And he said, you know, Traverse City West intentionally is scheduling these games, these hard games at the beginning of the season. Luckily enough, all these teams are basically getting home games now, so that's going to give them a little bit of an advantage. But TC West, you know, hosts a quad. They lose to Warren D. LaSalle 5-2 to in the first game. And then in the afternoon game, they went ahead and they beat Portage Central 2-1. to one. So now they sit at 1-1 one one on the season. I know you made a joke with Colin last week. Are, are they going to start better than 1-4-1? One, one? I think that this already sets them up better because I think they actually started off loss-win, then loss-loss-loss tie last year. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to be much better. But they're going to be playing a lot of home games. Yeah. we'll get. In, I think we'll get into that later. I mean, Colin Blackport, our guest last week, had three goals in those two games. So we, we, we knew we wanted him have, mm-hmm. have him on because he was going to be one of their stars this year. He showed up right away. You mean Brock? I, I, as I said on the podcast, <laughs> I won't call him Brock. Against my ethics. And ready? Just for, just for our listeners, Matt Gressinger, head coach, Traverse City West, only calls it in as Colin. He does not say Brock. So he does know his name and does call him Colin when he talks to me and, and when he calls it in. So, uh, but, yeah, Colin had three goals, showed up just as well. Another team, Traverse City Central. I was there for this one. They did a quad with three other local teams, which was really nice. Boyd City, Manistee, Gaylord kind of got some eyes on four different teams out here. But, I mean, Traverse City Central dominated, obviously, being the biggest school. It's kind of like what you would expect. But they beat Manistee 8-0 to with goals all across the board. And then they took out Boyne 3-0. to and, and Boyne City might have had two and a half minutes of possession time inside of Traverse City's you know, defensive zone. So Traverse City, when I talked to Mark Fiegel last week, we did a preview story, right, for the MHSAA and how it was all going. He was really excited. Traverse City Central has nine returning seniors, guys. 
Yeah, they were a young oh, team. No, sorry, nine season. returning starters, 12 seniors. They have 12 seniors on the team, yeah. nine returning starters that are seniors. Yeah, they were a young team last year. I mean, I mean that's part of the reason why they, from time to time, would struggle. I mean, they, they were a young team. But the good thing about having a young team is that eventually they get older. Now they're experienced veterans and get more expectations out of them. Man, talk about an attack. They were just Trevor C. Central was extremely aggressive against Boyne City. Did not let the ball get in the other half. Other half. I went over. I stopped. I saw Gaylord Manistee playing. You know, Manistee. And Manistee looked a little bit outmatched, uh, but they kept their close. It was only two to one against Gaylord. Uh, I think that after losing against Central eight to zero, they kind of had to step their game up a little bit. They wanted to make sure that they were there. But I mean, I saw I saw a goal from Manistee. I saw a goal from Gaylord. It may have been the first day of the season, but each one of these teams were still able to like get some sort of flow going. A lot of times in soccer mm-hmm. games, you just see a lot of the, the mesh in the middle in the beginning of the season where people are just kicking the ball back and forth, getting it's up in the air, everybody's kind of bashing around. They're not getting cross kicks or getting you know any type of good looks off of corner kicks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Dude, first day I saw, I was, I was actually rather impressed. Out of all four of the teams, that they, they had these type of things ready to go when it seemed, I mean, it seems to us as if like they haven't been able to do as much as they, they normally do. I think mean, it'll be nice. Uh, hopefully that, that Central West game is this, this year, those Central West games are, you know, some nice, tight, close games. Be good to see. I mean, they, they weren't bad. bad no, they, no. Zero and three, one, right? No, it, yeah, they weren't they weren't like blowouts or anything like that, but they were also games where you kind of came in. You thought TC West was going to win those games. Yeah. But, I mean, they, and they did, but it was, I think, a 3-1 or 3-2 to uh, Central. And, I if, think that, and if, that, if that, you know, margin is closer this year. Even closer, and it'd be nice to see. You got to see a soccer game uh, Friday, right? Glenn Lake took on TC Christian. Right. This was one of the first, we believe, in the state of Michigan. They, what, 26 hours after the MHSA decided that soccer and volleyball can happen. I mean, you could just tell at that game, everyone was like, all right, now let's go. Like We got we got sports now. Let's actually go out there and see them. It was out there at uh, Keystone Athletic Complex, just like the quad was. About 100 or 200 fans, um, maybe 150 on the other side of the grass. They were on the banked out part of uh, championship field. There weren't really too many people in the actual like bleacher parts, but they were all kind of spread out in the grass, which has made it more fun to watch. You know, there was a student section of St. Francis kids. Game itself was kind of back and forth. Glenn Lake started out two goal lead. You know, I've seen a lot, enough soccer games to know when you get. Yeah, no, Henry Plumstead had a goal, three points, a goal in the first half, uh, assist in the second half. Fisher Alonzi had two goals to close out the game. I think overall, offensively, Coach Jared Boynton was pretty proud of how uh, the Lakers handled that game. You know, they start off the game with the set piece and finish them off with pretty much every way you can score in soccer. I think they had one on a fast break and a couple off in assists. So that, that makes that makes it seem like your offense looks pretty well. I mean, 26 hours ago, they learned they were playing soccer. He was checking them in for practice, and kids were just telling him, like, oh, coach, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? We're playing soccer. We're playing a game tomorrow. Had a great practice the day before, 5-2 win the day after. And, yeah, that, that TC Christian team still scored two goals on them. They have a brand-new head coach, Roy Montney. He's a assistant, uh, former assistant on T-Base. I think he still is, actually. But, um, yeah, he said he's coached on the field that they were playing the game on Friday before, knew plenty of kids on the team, some when they were four years old. So I, that that's just crazy to me if you know a guy for that long in his life, see them, his progression as a soccer player for 10, 11 years. 
he said it's going to take some time, obviously, for them. You know, they 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 have a, about 12 upperclassmen and 10 underclassmen on a varsity team. They're kind of split. He's, the way he described it is we have a lot of experienced players and a lot of brand-new players and not a whole lot in between. But should be a fun soccer season that we're going to get to be able to follow them this, this time around. Yeah, Lakers play again on Thursday against Manistee, the one that I – Mentioned, uh, you know, just a few minutes ago playing against Traverse City. So we'll see how they stack up against some of those different competition. Uh, other sports, there's plenty more sports. So, James, I know you got a chance. You got to go out to a golf meet last week. Got to see some girls golf. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the, the uh, Traverse City West hosted their, uh, well, actually it was Traverse City Central hosting the, the Lober Classic. That got moved this year to Crystal Mountain instead of the Grand Traverse Resort. There was fewer teams than normal. I think there was 11 full teams, and then there was one or two teams that had, like Alpina just brought one golfer. And then there was one unattached golfer from Traverse City Central because uh, Mackenzie McManus, who's transferred from St. Francis to Central, has to sit out a semester for the transfer, so she can't golf for TC Central officially, but she can go play in their tournaments and just not count. And just golf. Yeah. But so yeah. she golfed. She I don't know, shot in the 80s. Pretty decent round. Ansi D did what Ansi D does and won the tournament by 13 shots, shot seven under. TC West, though, uh, came into the second round trailing by 16 point or 16 shots, won by two. That's a lot to make up in a final round. Yeah. And even if even if Ansi's going low, you need to have a good round to make up 16 or 17 from your other four golfers. Yeah, they did. They got some pretty good uh, contributions from Ava Warren and, uh, and Ainsley Hewitt was another one that had a big round in the second day for them, especially um, to help them cut that that deficit. I mean, you're not going to do it with just one golfer, even though that one golfer is the best tournament, best in the tournament. I know I know you said something about uh, McManus having to sit out the season, but, you know, Traverse City Central lost Emlyn Munch. Uh, she was one of those golfers that, you know, we talked to a lot last year. Uh, what else did you see out of the girls from there? Central's got kind of a youngish team. Um, they You know, they finished – they had some pretty solid rounds in there, but uh, a little bit of a youngish team. I think they'll get better as the season goes on. Uh, finished kind of middle of the pack in the tournament. Um, but, uh, you know, Lois McManus seemed pretty happy with the day overall, and and uh, especially given all the things that they had to do for the tournament just to have the tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, things that they weren't able to do and, you know. Is, have their coffee and donuts. Yeah. I talked to her about something? I talked to her about that. No, she didn't even – she didn't even uh, – know about that part of the rules oh, okay. everything like that but they did a they actually did uh actual tee times for this tournament instead of doing a shotgun start which is unusual for high school golf um it's almost always just a shotgun start but they did tee times for the groups so that they could not have all the teams at the driving range at the same time and that, that way they could social distance on the driving range they could just have a couple of teams on the range at the same time and uh I mean, so that was just an interesting change. Uh, aside from that, you probably didn't notice a whole lot different if you were watching it, um, aside from, you know, no handshakes and no pulling the flag stick. I mean, the other the other sport that we knew was going to happen was tennis. And we got some tennis action over the weekend. I know Traverse City, St. Francis, they were down in the Grand Rapids area on Saturday. Traverse City Central was down in the Lansing area on Friday. Uh, Traverse City West, I, I can't be 100%. I think they went to Saginaw at one point last week at the end of the week to participate in the tournament. They all kind of headed south for their competitions when it seems like everybody else's phones are ringing off the hook to do it up north, especially when it comes to, say, volleyball or uh, soccer, anything like that, when they can do larger groups of people being able to actually gather. Uh, I mean, we, we saw some good things out of Traverse City St. Francis this weekend. Uh, we know Traverse City Central 
I mean, I talked to Shane Dillaway on Friday, and he was super, super duper excited for a couple of his guys. So yeah, Traverse City St. Francis, uh, Charlie Schmood won his 100th career match on Friday, first first match of his senior year. Obviously, that's a big milestone. Got plenty more to go here. I mean, can get up towards the likes of Brendan Chouinard and such. Uh, if he gets another 30 wins or so this season, get up into those Traverse City St. Francis record books. A couple other guys that, uh, you know, Shane Dillaway at Traverse City Cent- or Central is excited about. Yeah, with Jackson Wade and Grant Minkert. He, he talked about several different seniors. They have a pretty uh, middle-of-the-ground junior, senior Latin team. They have, I think he said, six or seven seniors on that central team. After mm-hmm. dropping the Big North to Traverse City West for the first time in 12 years last year, they're ready to get back on top of the Big North. D- Dillaway thinks it's possible. Yeah, they got a couple of uh, veteran guys back. When, and uh, James Turner, uh, Luke Appleford started off the season pretty solid at two singles. Um, and then they've, you know, Central's always been really good at the doubles, the doubles game. And, and that's what, that'll win you duels. You take the four doubles games, I mean, that's going to win you duels. Yeah. I mean, one last sport we got to talk about, and obviously there's a lot to talk about here. Before we get into our interview with our reigning player of the year, Macy Brown, I want to talk about just all the volleyball that happened over the weekend. Northern Michigan's the only place that volleyball can happen in the Upper Peninsula. Only place that it's actually allowed. So everybody's raring to get up to this and, area. And soccer. People are still clamoring to get up here to play mm-hmm. indoor volleyball up here in Region 6 and Region 8. Yeah, uh, there was a bunch of cool little quads we had uh, this weekend and even today at Traverse City Central. Uh, James, you want to tell us a little bit about what happened over at Cadillac? The Cadillac hosted a quad on Friday morning. Originally, it was supposed to be in Coopersville, but instead they brought Coopersville, Forest Hills Northern, and Grand Haven here. They they lost a five-setter against Grand Haven to start off, but bounced back with uh, three-set wins over Coopersville and Forest Hills Northern. Uh, Maisie Brown had 82 kills in three matches, which is just kind of insane. Reigning player of the year for a reason. That's, uh yeah, and 33 digs, too. So it's like she's playing the whole rotation. She's not coming out. Um, Renee Bryan's 88 assists, 15 kills out of a dig, out of a setter. That's quite a bit, too. Um, she's starting to get college looks now, too. Well, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, so so pretty good day for for uh, Cadillac. Petoskey started off the season 4-0-1 at their quad that they kind of turned into a they, – they played pool play and then turned around and – Seeded it after pool play and then played bracket. So five matches. So everybody went five. They went four zero and one. Split with Alpina and pool play and then beat Alpina in the championship game of the mini tournament. Um, and then Petoskey turned around and was actually at the Traverse City Central quad. You know that was this morning for uh, Monday morning. Traverse City Central hosting their first volleyball action. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know taking down Petoskey, uh, but. Emma Turnquist, girls like that. I think we already got those results in for today, which was nice. Uh, a little bit early because mm-hmm. school still technically hasn't started, so they're able to do these competitions in the early of the day. What did you have from there? Yeah, they, the Central beat Petoskey 25-15, 23 and 18. Uh, they also beat Kingsley and Beaverton, which is some nice wins as well. Um, pretty competitive quad there. I mean, they get two teams that are pretty regulars as far as being threats to go down to Battle Creek every year. And Central took care of business. So, I mean, Emma Turnquist had 45 kills. Sophia Haggerty had 87 assists. And they got some pretty good contributions from Kaylee Parks and Kylie Ridenauer as well. The Big North Conference, I hope, you know, looks like it could be pretty competitive this year with, you know, maybe a couple teams being able to give uh, Cadillac a run. Yeah, I mean, might as well keep talking about that. Traverse City West held their 
quad on Saturday with a bunch of local teams, which was really cool. Seemed like they held the same sort of thing last year, but they didn't get as near as hot of a start. They took down Leland, Traverse City, St. Francis, and Glen Lake on Saturday in dominating fashion. I mean, they beat St. Francis 25-17, 25-9, 25-13. Took down Leland team that was, once again, in Battle Creek last year, 25-13, 25-9, 25-8. They beat Glen Lake 25-10, 25-9, That's impressive. We know that they're the bigger school. They're more, you know, you expect them to kind of win just off of sheer numbers or, you know, just the size of the school, the talent pool that they may be able to pull from. But, like you said, almost about that, you know, the Traverse City Central quad with Potosky and everything, Beaverton, Kingsley, these are schools that are perennials for making yeah. deep runs. St. Francis, yeah. Leland. I mean, these Programs. Are yeah. Established programs. And these are, these are teams that I am looking for a lot out of this year. I mean, before we get any deeper with them, Traverse City West got people, uh, Black Becca Lane, Sarah Skirmerhorn, a couple of girls who have been making big differences in multiple sports for them over the last couple of years, finally getting into that upper echelon, that upperclassman role. I know that Emily Ballman was very excited about them on Saturday. If you could go to Leland, Olivia Lowe had 27 kills, 25 digs, eight aces and a block in those three games. I mean, we were talking about her as our record eagle player of the year last year, last week. Yeah, she was in the, in the talks with that. I mean, Mia Orsorio, we know, one of the better liberos in the, in the entire area. She's one of the better people on defense that I've seen play volleyball in the last couple of years up here. And then we go over to Traverse City St. Francis, Kaylin Poole. We know how dangerous she is going to be in her senior year at the front of the net for the Gladiators. Hannah Sidorowitz being a setter is all the way up there across the board. You go to Glen Lake, Grace Bradford. What is she, a sophomore, a junior? Going into her junior okay. season. Okay, coronavirus messed with my, main, my brain or something. But she's still, we know she's going to be a middle blocker for the ages for Glen Lake there in the center. We know what she can do on the basketball court. And I wouldn't doubt if she's gotten any bigger than she than she has over the last couple of years. There's, there was a lot of good talent there on Saturday. Traverse City West still took care of business. So like you said, Cadillac might have a, a run for their money here in the Big North this year with Petoskey. Traverse City Central and Traverse City West all showing out big at the beginning of the season. Now, while we're talking about this, let's go ahead and take some volleyball knowledge straight from the people who mean the most and our reigning player of the year, Cadillac's Macy Brown, the senior standout, who's joining us for the first time since episode 100 last year. She is a return guest. She's going to come join us and talk about this volleyball season. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that conversation now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome back our reigning volleyball player of the year and Cadillac Viking, Macy Brown. Thank you so much for coming back for the second time to join us here at the Get Around. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about with you today. I know with you being our reigning player of the year, we're really excited to see how you have progressed as an athlete. I know it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk. Let's just start off there. Obviously, it's, it's been quite down, but you guys are right back into the grind of things. Does it feel any different, and how are you guys kind of taking this in stride? It's for sure a lot different in two ways, just because of, like, obviously we weren't in the gym a lot this summer, and typically our coach has us in the gym as much as possible in the summer. Also, we graduated six seniors last year who, I mean, I personally had been playing with since I was a sophomore. I mean, a freshman, and they were sophomore. So it's a different in that way, too. But it's been good. Like, we were practicing outside and doing conditioning outside over the summer, and we recently got back in the gym. So, making it work, I guess. 
That had to be pretty weird. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if you've ever done outdoor volleyball, but it had to be pretty weird trying to like do everything outside with wind and all that type of stuff. How different was it, kind of like that? It was it was really different. We didn't do like any really playing. We just did like individual skill work, kind of, and it wasn't like mandatory. Like we just had a group chat, like our team. So like, because our coach wasn't really allowed to tell us like we're having practice, you know. Because no one else, like, we couldn't have practice mm-hmm. because of COVID. So we had, like, a team group chat, and I would text in it, or one of the other girls would text and be like, oh, let's go to the beach and let's play. So we played a lot of beach over quarantine as a team, which was good. I'm sure I was going to say you have to find a different way to kind of hone your skills, obviously being outdoors, doing the sand volleyball. What Do you think there's any type of translation? I know, obviously, the skills upwards, but... I know it's a little bit more difficult to play in the sand with your legs and, you know, getting where you need to be. Do you think that translates and it helps you guys out at all? For sure. I think it helps a lot because, like, you can't really jump in the sand. So it, like, helps you figure out ways to, like, like your shots are different. So it just develops new shots, which is always good. Yeah, now I know we had a we had a uh, tournament for you guys this weekend. You were supposed to be traveling, going away, but... Everybody kind of came to you guys, and you got to have that home tournament. It seems like there's going to be a lot of that this year. Are you kind of excited about not having to maybe travel too much this fall? Yeah, everyone wants to come to us now. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. So we have already had the one quad, and since then we just had one practice, but we have another quad tomorrow and Friday. They're keeping you guys busy early early in the season. You guys are the popular kids now. All the all the yeah, northern all the northern kids are the popular kids now, and you yeah. guys you guys got a big transfer from Everett, right? Yep, Lake transferred last year after first try, so she's been at Cadillac since like winter of last year, but she didn't get to play volleyball. But we do have her now. Mm-hmm. What's her name again? And she's Lake, and she's tall, right? Yeah, she's like six two. And for for from what I recall. I feel like you might have been one of the taller players on your entire team last year, and you're you're right around yeah, five eleven, six foot. So that obviously is going to add a little bit of size for you, and have somebody else to help at the front of the net. No. Yeah, um, we actually have another freshman who's like six two or six three, so that's good too. So I went from like being one of the tallest girls up there, like me, Maggie, and Chloe were all like five ten, five eleven, and now we I stand in hitting line. And I feel short because I'm by Lake and Carissa, who are six two and six three, and we also have a junior named Callie, who's like six foot six one. So I just feel small now. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you don't mind though. I mean, I know I know you're still a big part of the front of the net. I think you had 82 kills in, in just that quad on on Friday. But having you know a couple different people up there with you. I know you, you play the whole rotation. That has to take a little bit of pressure off of you at the front of the, uh, the net. Yeah, it should, but Lake and Carissa both were injured for our quad, so they'll be back tomorrow, hopefully. Now, speaking of uh, the competition and how you guys have grown, uh, the it seems that like the competition in the Big North Conference has grown in the last couple of years, and it you know after just looking at what happened this weekend, Traverse City Central, Traverse City West, Petoskey, all these schools played, and they played well this weekend. Um, just what what do you think the competition is in the Big North is going to be like, and everybody kind of coming for you guys with that target on your back? I think it'll be it'll be an interesting one this year. Last year it was close with us West and Central, but I think it'll be pretty even. Other than Gaylord this year, they might be a little bit down, 
But everyone else, I think, should be pretty solid and it'll be like a tough, tough matches every week. Because I know West brought a lot back. Central graduated a lot, but I know they um, also have a lot coming up, kind of like us. And Katowski always just seems to be pretty good. And same with Alpina. They're always athletic. How is recruiting going for you this year? How odd is that? I mean, uh, it just going to be in between your junior and senior year and and then having the pandemic and everything, how has that kind of stunted that? It really, like, slowed so much down. So I was just starting to, like, get in my visits and scheduling visits right before we got quarantined. So I only got to go on one of my scheduled visits. And since they don't want to, like, have you sign or any, like, they don't want to have you commit if they can't see you play. So that's just really slowed everything down. So, like, a lot of schools are waiting still, and they're just starting to get girls back on campus. Now, with everything being at home and all those quads and everybody coming to you guys, do you think that with uh, I mean, with the caliber of your team and exactly the position that you guys are in to host a lot of these events that you might see a little bit better competition this year with how up in the air the schedule is? Um, we typically have, like, a really hard schedule in the first place. We go down to, like, Portage Central, and we play big teams like Grand Rapids Christian and all those teams. So it doesn't change much for us except for their, we're at home, which is cool that we don't have to travel three hours every weekend. But I don't think it'll change our competition. I do think it'll make some of the teams we have to play better because they'll be playing better competition as well so like you said you did lose you know and was chloe comstock left la- after last year she was a senior correct and then you know mckenna mm-hmm. bryant who we just named our you know our female athlete of the year there was a couple girls on that team last year that um you know i'm sure you looked up to and helped lead you there how are you kind of stepping into their role now as a senior it's different because i am so used to walking into the gym and seeing their faces and stuff but Kenna was definitely a big, like, verbal leader for us last year. And so I'm trying to take that over a little bit because I'm not as vocal, but I'm getting better. I like to think with being, like, one, I'm one of three seniors on the team, so we're really young. And I think I just have to step up and do that. A lot of the stuff they did last year. Yeah. Yeah, now – I know we talked last year, and you came on right around this time. With recruiting and everything, are you are you going to just continue to play volleyball? Are you going to think about going back to basketball at all this uh, this winter to just get back in sports, or how's that whole trajectory going for you? Last year, I went down and played club volleyball in Grand Rapids, so I had practice there three days a week. But this year, I just think because of everything, I don't want to risk going down there and then our season ending up getting canceled and all of that stuff. So I think I'm going to play basketball this year again. Okay. Okay. I, I remember when we talked last time, it, it, it wasn't anything that you didn't want to play basketball. It was just that you had other things to take care of. Right. And you still go play tennis as well, too? Yep. Okay. So three-sport athlete again. And, and you lost your junior season of tennis, so at least you get, get yeah, that, that senior year in. Yeah. You know, what, what's your opinion on the fact that volleyball can come back to play and football isn't able to? I think we should be able to play volleyball. Maybe I'm a little biased because I want to play it so bad. But there's definitely nowhere close to as much contact as there is in football. And obviously our crowds are going to be limited. But I don't think it's unsafe to be playing because I think we're all going to be in school together anyways. 
So I don't think that it should be stopped. And I get that football, like, that's really hard for them. But their season is getting moved back to the spring. So it could turn up even better for them because things could be back to normal by then. Their season would just have to be shortened a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, they might actually mm-hmm. be able to get a full stadium with the fans and, and all that type of right. stuff. Uh, now, one of the things I know, it, just the changes, you actually got to experience some of the games for volleyball and just the changes that have gone on. I don't know if you've seen them or if it's been really tough to adhere to them, but I know when it comes to being a volleyball team, you know, not coming together and, like, celebrating points and not high-fiving teammates or holding hands when you sub out, like, all that little, like, routine or habitual things are probably a little tough to get out of. How weird was it having to, like, restrain yourselves from doing those type of things? It was it was so weird. And, like, you don't switch sides now, so and you don't go and, like, slap the hands on other team and say, like, good luck. So <laughs> on our first match, I, like, lined up on the back of the line, and my team was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I totally forgot that we're not going to say good luck and do all this stuff. Yeah. So that was weird. I feel like it might kind of take away from the game just a little bit that you aren't really celebrating. Are you guys still celebrating after points? Are you all sticking your hands in when you guys get an ace or anything like that? I know you can obviously do certain ones, but, I, I mean, I've, t- I've seen so many photos just of your Cadillac girls, you know, jumping together and embracing each other just after a really good play. Do you think that takes any energy away from the game? Does it make it a little bit harder to kind of, like, get into a groove, I guess? It definitely takes energy away, but I don't know if it messes with, like, takes a groove away, I guess. Because sometimes, like, I mean, everyone's still so excited after a good point. Like, we might not be able to high-five, but we're still screaming at each other. Like, it's still super fun, so. I figure figure that you're never going to break the spirit of a volleyball team. No matter matter how many restrictions (laughs) you put on them, they're still going to find a way to make sure you know they're in the gym whenever, whenever they're playing. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, just just coming up as your senior year, uh, what have you guys – has there been any changes with you guys? I know that, like you said, we got some taller girls on the front, but you know, we, I know me and James – or James and I have seen you guys play quite a bit. you still got the same coach. Has anything changed with the, the personnel that you guys now have as a part of your team? Renee and I were the only ones that started last year that came back. So we obviously have a new, like, girls on the court, a lot of new girls, and – we definitely have been working a lot more on defense because we're not as skilled as we have been in the past, and that's what I think will help us get to where we need to be, and Coach definitely sees that too, so we've been focusing on that a lot. Who's the best Molly Anderson in the Big North Conference, the one from Petoskey or the one from Cadillac? I pretty much know your answer. <laughs> but Molly Anderson is like my best friend, so... <laughs> But which one? No. Um, have to go the one here. <laughs> the one All righty. Well, Macy, thank you so much for joining us here at the Get Around for the second time around. It was just as much fun as the first time, except this time it was just you instead of whatever. I think it was three people who were on the episode it's, last time. It was her McKenna. Yeah, but we had the two central volleyball players yeah. on there too. But yeah, yeah we thank went you. big for episode 100. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us once again, Macy. And seriously, best of luck in the senior volleyball season. Thank you for having me. Another huge thank you to Cadillac's Macy Brown for joining us here at the Get Around. Always great to have our reigning player of the year and just have somebody back to start this year. We know Cadillac is going to be good. We already talked about them beforehand. So just a reminder, that interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. 
Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. You guys, let's move into our Chatter That Matters section. We're not going to go too long because we have a little bit more to do in this episode, but I want to talk about this. We've had a lot of questions on the post and one way or the other, how people feel about it, but uh, we, we, we talked about him on this podcast not too long ago. Uh, Traverse City West linebacker Christian Boavin officially moving to Iowa right, to play football for the fall. He's moving in with his aunt and his uncle. Basically, he had to go through a lot more loops than a lot of people understand. You, you did the story, James. You know exactly what he had to go through to get there. Can you explain, first of all, before we get into if we, what we're going to ask, what we think, explain exactly how this was able to happen. Christian and his family had kind of seen this coming as a, as a possibility and eventuality and started preparing for this two months ago. You know, there's the possibility of not having fall football, and, you know, obviously his recruiting played a big part in this because he, he missed out on kind of an off-season of camps and an off-season of being able to do those in-person visits to to colleges so uh you know having a fall season is going to be absolutely imperative for him to get recruited and he's somebody that you know i think all of us think are or all of us think is has been tremendously under recruited i mean this guy should be getting division one offers by now i would think and uh, doesn't have a single d1 offer yet um so, so he so, moves to one of the powerhouse schools in the des moines area it's like a three-hour trip from kansas state kansas big 12 but nebraska's dead right down the road i got iowa iowa state yeah their their first game iowa iowa state northern iowa and kansas state are all sending scouts to that game he said i i can't help but think it but that iowa is just the perfect place for some of the best high school athletes in the midwest right now i mean it they they played a baseball and softball team this this past couple of months but I, the one thing i wanted to bring up and i this isn't this this wasn't just athletes are not able to just get up and go there no you can't just drive to no. iowa and high, sign up for high school but it's a perfect situation yeah for but him. For, yeah. for him yes and yeah he had he had an aunt and uncle that lived there so he was able to transfer guardianship had to get all this paperwork and everything his parents aren't his parents ready anymore. ahead of time yeah technically and, his parents and, do, aren't his parents and, and do some medical stuff as well um you know to because of allergies you know, saying that I, you know, I was a better environment for, for these allergies that he has, and and that kind of thing. So, you know, paperwork wise, he's got everything. It all worked out. Lined up. But the big question is, what do you stay down there, finish out your high school career there now? Are you allowed to come back? I think he, oh, he'll be allowed to come back and finish at TC West. Whether he'll be allowed to play football in the spring again. Uh, it would be totally up to the MHSAA. Bullshit. Yeah, he, he's he's going to be a senior this year, so so I mean that's why it was so imperative for him to do this. Um, and he's going to a team that's been a you know a perennial playoff team. I mean they missed the playoffs last year when they only went five and four, but they had made the playoffs I think the previous twelve years and been in the quarterfinals in Iowa regularly. You know in the biggest division, so it's something similar to TC West as far as a school about, almost about the same size, competitiveness. And all that, and uh, so it turned out to be it worked out something that he could him. take advantage. I mean, I, he, yeah, he had that option where I think others most might don't. not. Most yeah. don't. We've talked about it otherwise that there's been a lot of kids who are going to be switching sports or, or trying something new. What were you was, but the, the the head coach at Iowa, at the high school he's going to in Iowa, in Johnston, said uh, that schools all over Iowa are getting this. Where they're getting kids transfer in, uh, he's the only one at that high school that they've gotten. Um, but he said that they are getting kids from all over, and he's the also the only one that he knows of that come that came from Michigan. But he said a lot of kids, a lot of places in Iowa are getting kids from 
from different states, Kansas and Illinois uh, and stuff, places that moved, places that either canceled football or moved it to spring. And that's what I was going to ask you guys. I know we're not going to – it's basically too late for us to see this type of thing happen on a larger scale than this or have it really go anywhere from here, but – Yeah, no, the problem is I think the question is for these seniors. Spring's kind of too late. I mean, National Signing Day is what, uh, March 5th? It was March fifth. The second one, yeah. I mean, this is an early one in in November. Um, so I, you know, I think that played a big a big role in this. I mean, this is his senior year. This is his time to shine and get that get his name out there and show people what he can do, and and get that Division One offer that he that he wants. You know, the NCAA um, has said next to nothing with regards to how. This is going to impact the recruiting calendar. I mean, they've said nothing and nothing with how the coronavirus is going to impact college sports to begin with, guys. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for a kid, as we've said, should have Division One offers. He deserves an answer. You deserve an I. You deserve someone to you know you know more so. Kids just deserve to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, if if there's somewhere, if there's a way I could, even if I was like one of the worst guys on the team, if I had a way to like finagle it to make me play football i probably would have i, I guess just sit on the sidelines the question that i was asking more or less is like for recruiting like do you guys really think that I, that colleges are going to just run through all of their scholarships that they're going to give out when half of the country's not playing football right now this is what we talked about with ncaa are they going to really hand out an ncaa championship when half the country's going to play football in the spring yeah didn't so what's like like and I understand it's probably a good step for Christian because he's going to another really big school in Iowa, like you said, has that those type of scouts who are all going to be there doing this type mm-hmm. of stuff. But I'm I'm just saying, for many others or even for seniors as much, I don't I don't think that it's I don't think that it actually hurts them that much when the rest of like the rest of them are not going to be recruited. It gives you more time to work. Obviously, you're not going to be in camps. That's the big thing. People aren't able to be in camps. I get that. Mm-hmm. But playing a football season is playing a football season this year. I don't know that you really had to go to Iowa to do it. I don't know that you had to transfer out and get rid of your parents as your guardians and do this. And I'm not talking bad about Christian. I just think there was a whole season that is going to happen, and he still was going to get looked at. And you may think too little. Colleges know what's going on here, man. Yeah, but not for six months. That's that's the thing. I think it's the timing. I think it's with the timing with him. I, and I'm surprised you haven't seen this more. But on the other hand, they prepared for this, and they were ready. When the school was, or when the MHSA announced that football was moving to the spring, he was gone two days later. Yeah. He had this well, already to, all planned out. That was the one thing. I, I, I talked to him the day that the MHSAA announced this, and he didn't say nothing. Didn't even, it sounded like he was ready to he, he, he play it close to the vest. Yeah, but he said he was ready to play football in the spring, which I go, okay, ready to play football in the spring. And then he was on his way to Iowa less than 24 hours later, and I go, what changed? Obviously, nothing had changed. It was just in the works to begin with. But mm-hmm. I just think I don't think that it really makes all that much of a difference, except for his own experience. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I mean, it, there is a I don't know what is it close to fifty fifty on states that have moved to spring. It's pretty or, close. Or, to getting, that, yeah. or getting there. Well, I mean, it's it's over. So, I mean, it, that we're, we're canceled or moved to spring. It's over twenty six. It's more than fifty percent. Yeah. Well, so 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 being able to play in the fall gives him a leg up on all those. In theory. But that, that, that's what I'm saying is I basically I, well, we can they, edit well, here. He, well they get to see he gets they get to see tape on him, so he can get one of those scholarships. But but that my point being is that for colleges 
So you're just telling me they're just going to go ahead and just say, what, if you were in a place that you couldn't play in the fall, we're not going to give you any looks. No, spring is going to be a really busy season for college scouts. Well, it's not... It's not as mad. Well, no, it's the guys who are in different situations where, I mean, Christian didn't have a breakout season until he was a junior. So he's not on the recruiting map as much, obviously, because of his offers mm-hmm. and stuff as other people. Those kids that were already getting Division One offers when they were sophomores and juniors, they're going to still get those offers. But this is his way to play ahead of those other kids in that are in the same situation as him that needed that senior season to get that D1 offer. And I think it's the way he saw it as a, as a way to, to get ahead of those guys. Here's and my ending point. Yes, I think spring, to, spring football season is hopeful for the other 25 states around the nation. But there's a lot of people in those states that are just asking the question, how is this possibly going to work? What confidence do we have that there actually is going to be a football season in the spring? Even if we have, if, despite safety measures, despite if we get a vaccine this winter, despite everything... Football's played in the fall, Friday Night Lights, usually. We just don't know how it's going to work yet. We don't have an answer on how it's going to work yet. We do know, at least Christian's family knows, that how it's going to work in Iowa this this fall. They got set back because of the derecho, which is really a lot worse than it actually sounds. It was a, basically an inland hurricane set their season back a week, right? Their school. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> starting school a week late because of damage to the school from that storm. Yeah. That's not, crazy. Not, not anything due to COVID, it's due to damage from the storm. So they're 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 playing next week, right? I think they start or Friday. I think they start this Friday. Well against their rivals. Well, James, this is my point. We know that date is on the schedule because it's like seven days from now. We can plan for that. We don't know in six months what the dates look for spring football season. We don't know any logistics for that, even though like parents and kids have been asking that so many times. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he does get the certainty of playing a senior season. That's that's what I think this is. It should be about. That's that's what I yeah. think it is. And I mean, and uh, also, I mean, obviously, he's a he's an incredibly bright kid. I mean, yeah, kid has a four point two four grade point average, and is going to go to college to major in biomedical engineering with a double major in business management. That's so long. <laughs> Good luck to Christian down in Iowa. Hold no, uh, no, I. I have no, I have no ill will against it. I just, once again, have to ask that devil advocate question: Is it really worth it? Yeah, no, no, obviously, no, no, he, obviously, he, obviously, he feels it is. They I, obviously feel I think, so. I think the MHSAA waited as long as possible to make a decision on, on uh, football to sort of prevent these things from happening, to prevent a mass exodus, or at least that's the way it turned out. Oh, that turned out. I don't know if that was. Really I don't know if it was. The, I don't know if it's the way they were thinking about it, but it's maybe the way it turned out that. Of, to prevent a mass exodus of your top recruited players. The Chatter That Matters, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. They are freaks about fresh bread, meats, veggies, because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That means we move into our first rendition of the Hall of Fame for the 2020-2021 school year. Obviously, we had a lot of great performances last week, so you guys know the drill. We here at the Get Around every week put one of our local athletes in for their performances of that week or or even a single game. Whatever we find and vote on to be the best is what we do. So, gentlemen, we got three candidates here. We got three people. We got three votes. I'm really excited, so I'm going first. And just because I was there, I'm going to take this one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put up Trevor City Central soccer player Stephen Mass, the second. He had three goals and an assist in two games on Saturday. 
I watched one of his goals and one of his assists, both very impressive. I believe his goal was probably about 40 feet out. He put it on a laser right past the goalkeeper in the top right corner. It was very nice to watch, but led them to 2-0 to start the season. James, what about you? We got to pretty much put up Macy Brown. I mean, uh, not playing favorites to who our guest is this week, but 82 kills in, in three matches. It's not like they played like six matches or anything like that. On Friday, they played three matches, and she had 82 kills, 33 digs, eight blocks, four aces, and six assists. If you do that math and break it down, because it takes uh, 75 points for you to win a match, right? That means that she was literally responsible for enough points to win an entire game of volleyball just by, by herself. herself. Yeah, entire match, not just a game, <laughs> an entire match. Like, you know, in three in three games is usually you get, you get 75 points to win a whole match worth of kills in yeah. three three matches. So they played a total of 11 games. They played three matches, 11 games. So she averaged over 7 kills per game. And you got to remember in volleyball, a lot of points are because the other team hits it out of bounds. <laughs> Andrew, who's our last nominee? Megan Lang out of Forest Area. Uh, ran for a school record 22-03 in the first race of the season. Lang finished third at the McBain Northern Michigan Christian invite uh, Invite that had Manton, Ever, Reed City, Big Rapids, and Marion there. Yeah, 22-03, definitely. I mean, first round of the season can only get better from there, right? No, yeah. So, we got to put up to a vote, fellas. I, I, I put mine out there first, so I'm going to vote last. Let's put it in reverse order. Andrew, who are you voting for? Macy Brown. Yeah, I think it's God. That's got to be 80, 82 kills. That's just that's just ridiculous. It's got to be Macy Brown. <laughs> I guess my vote doesn't matter. I I was I almost you know I almost don't want to give it to Macy because I'm really excited to see the stat lines that she's gonna have the rest of the year. I don't know, but I, it, but I, it also is a good idea I think for us to unanimously unanimously give it to Macy this week. So Macy is not back on this nomination list for the rest of the season. While I know she'll deserve it, probably a hundred times more over. We're not gonna have to have this conversation again. Delio? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Alrighty, so congratulations, Macy. You are the first inductee for the 2020-21 school year into the Get Around Hall of Fame. That's section sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spent six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. We got our last segment, the trifecta, and James kind of precursed this last week, but we got fantasy football coming up and a lot of fantasy football to talk about, so we're going to start doing it right here, right now. We got three football leagues for our readers, our listeners, our Audible viewers, our subscribers to try and beat us at fantasy football. Coaches, athletes, parents, whoever. Whoever it may be. Good luck, because as I tweeted today, <laughs> James is a fantasy football addict. I've won a championship each of the last four years. Went to one last year. Yeah, and I, I don't know how Andrew is a fantasy, but good luck. You guys can beat him at least. <laughs> you guys, you'll be able to beat one of us. Yeah, so we're, we're opening it up, please. If you're listening to this podcast, if you like listening to us, if you like, or even if you think what we say is dumb most of the time and you want to beat us. Then you can rub it in our face. That's my point, is send us an email to resports at record-eagle.com with your email and your name, all that good stuff, so we can get it sent to you, get you invited to the league. It is open to anybody who wants to play. We're each going to be in these leagues, so it's open to a bunch of people. We're going to get you into a league. We'll be able to play each of us at least a couple times a year and uh, try to take us out of the top spot and uh, do that. James, you came up with this idea. I mean, you will be able to take me out of the of the top spot. So if you want to get a win, you can join my league. 
How well, we're gonna have us all? Yeah, we're gonna all have twelve gonna team. We're gonna have twelve team leagues, and all yeah. three of us are gonna be in somehow, every league. Somehow, James has decided that it's great as a fantasy football addict that he is with nine leagues to add three more teams to put on top of it. I was only in seven last year. Well, I was sorry. I was in five, and now I have eight. Or something after or, after working maybe it was for eight, two years. Maybe it was eight last year. Anyways, uh, to kick that off and to kind of like give you guys our insight, which I don't think it makes much sense that we're going to be doing our fantasy. We're going to be doing a fantasy football live Q and A here coming this Thursday, and mm-hmm. kind of telling you all of our strategies, and then we're going to let you join a fantasy football league to beat us with our own strategies. What, what, mm-hmm. the, what kind of planning was that, James? We're just going to make it hard on ourselves. It's like a fungo bat. That's not making it hard on yourself. That's like when you get a fungo bat, you toss it up and it goes over the fence as long as you make contact. We're, we're giving them a fungo bat. <laughs> well, take your fungo bat and run with it because I'm still – I take this too seriously. and I don't like to lose in fantasy football. I don't either, but I also understand that there's a good, good portion of luck. Let's, let's go ahead and <laughs> kick this off with our least favorite fantasy football stories, right? I'm going to make it short and simple, but – I think that the what it was was the misfortune of my my couple year stretch has turned into the gloriousness that has been the last four. But I don't know if anybody remembers, but I lost the championship. I was second place in the league, and this was a a one keeper league. And oh, you guys remember when you know beast mode went beast mode and scored like what was it, twenty three or twenty four rushing touchdowns for the Seahawks four or five years ago, and then just decided, guess what, I'm gonna retire. In my prime. But listen to this. Three years back to back to back. I had Calvin Johnson on my team. He retired. I had Marshawn Lynch on my team. He retired. And then I had Andrew Luck on my team. And he retired. The Andrew Luck came a year after he was injured on my bench for the entire year. Because I, I kept him as my keeper. These were all keepers, by the way. Who, you know, you, you, you pick a keeper well before. And, like, it doesn't get set. And then they decide to retire within a week and a half of the season starting. And you already have your team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I had... Spent three years. Oh, oh, and then I had Le'Veon two years ago. I had Le'Veon. He sat out the whole season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had Le'Veon as my keeper, and I still won the championship. So my keeper decisions are terrible. They have been for years. I'm probably going to end up keeping Michael Thomas this year. Um, well, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's just the start one that I'm thinking about. But I had like a four-year run where I picked my keeper, and then they literally just were no longer playing. So yeah, that's how fantasy football works out for you sometimes. What about you? Yeah, I had uh, I had a league that I was in that was a keeper league two years ago too, and uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell was my guy, was was my keeper in that league the year that he set out. Yep. So that's what I, that's and then I couldn't and I couldn't change it, you know, or anything. But uh, I did have a I had a, a year. We have an office league here, um, and years ago, when they had the the first annual summer beer festival downtown TC. We made bad planning decisions, and we scheduled the draft for the same night as the beer fest. So, needless to say, I did not end up with a very good team there. Um, I think Roy Williams was my number one receiver that year, and uh, it was the year that he went to the Cowboys. I was like, oh, the Cowboys are just going to throw the ball to him all day long because they have nobody else. didn't work out that way. And I uh, had some running, some running back. I had Lindale White. From Tennessee, I thought he was going to be a breakout guy, but you know that was ten beers talking. I was just horrible that year. I finished dead last in the league that year. I think uh, my whole draft was just bad. In the in the sports writers league that we have, I last year I renamed my team the Traverse City Bridesmaids because for three years in a row I had lost in the championship game. 
Yep. Three years in a row. I still have not won that league. I'm the only person in that league that has made the playoffs every year, but I've still never won it. I'm sitting here. We were, haha, that was the name. I couldn't remember what it was. I entered the league uh, and took over for, for Brett with more kilometers. That's my team name. Yeah. Yanni Bad, Yanni Fantasy Football Horror Stories. I just seem like to be all the guy that always sits the guy who has like a record setting game. You know, remember the Chiefs Chargers game in 2018 with like a million points? Yeah, it was like uh, 62 to 61 or whatever. Yeah. 63 61. It was like the second highest scoring game in NFL history. I had two guys on the bench that had like 45 points each, sat them both. I, uh, the, I just remember Kenyon Drake might be. The one, the guy like that happened last year. Right? I, I had him oh, in my lineup oh, out of was, necessity. Yeah, he was like a league winner last year. Oh, but people. yeah, no, it was like the first round of the playoffs. I had him in my lineup out of necessity, and I didn't even need to play anybody else. He had like six touchdowns in that game. Oh yeah, no, Kenyon Drake toward the end of last season was like a. But yeah, I machine. please. So this is this is this is my last implorement. I've tried so many times. Please join us for fantasy football. Come try and beat us. Come join us for the live Q&A this Thursday at 7 p.m. here on Facebook, on Instagram, as an extension of the Get Around. We're going to be doing a little bit more of those as we spoke about. We're going to find more topics and such. James just decided he wanted to get all of my fantasy football strategy before the draft this weekend. Thanks a lot, man. Well, vice versa. You can, I don't, don't want to listen to you. <laughs> I don't want to listen to you. That's how it goes. But make sure you send us an email, resports at record-eagle.com. Yeah, ask us questions. Strategy. Keepers, draft order. Who, yeah, who players you like at what spots? Even if you're setting up a league, whatever. I, I, I've, hobbies. Yeah, I've been commissioner music. for. I've been a commissioner for a long time in these fantasy football leagues, and I've had to change a lot of settings and trying to make sure what works. Rips. If you're, if you're a new commissioner, ask some questions in our fantasy thing. I can tell you some ways around because my best piece of advice: no matter what you do, everybody's still going to complain. Meyer coupon locations. So. This is just, this is becoming nonsense. So we're going to go ahead and put this one in the books. Thank you so much for listening to episode 138 of The Get Around. We will see you next week for episode 139.